When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Headstuff Studios in Dublin, welcome to Motherfucker, a podcast about words, Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. Dara Coche is still on leave. I'm your host, Pather Okuivonik. Now, privilege is the Irish for privilege, and it's something that not a lot of us tend to acknowledge when we have it, but one woman has done an awful lot of thinking about that and other things, and joins me in studio today is Lishak Nikushtala. Gurmila Magalachak, you're very welcome, thanks for coming in, but Lishak, you were uh, a curator of our Mother Folklore shared mm-hmm. Twitter account, and I suppose one of the major things, among the many, many things you've achieved, is you were one of the driving forces, if not the driving force, behind the Folklore Atuk, mm-hmm. the Irish language queer dictionary. Mm-hmm. So what made you want to start a project like that? Gurmila Magath, um, how would you even begin to start something like that? I think for me, it kind of started when, whenever I was in the NUAG Student Union, or slightly after, someone had made a comment saying that, what was it, they wanted to make the constitution of the Student Union gender neutral, but because the NUAG Student Union has such a strong mandate for the Irish language, they actually couldn't do that because they sent it to the translator and the translator sent it back with just she and she. Totally, you know, leaving out all of the they right. and them material that they had, which is totally doable in the Irish language. Yeah, it is completely doable. That's totally something that's doable. a little bit weird to me. You just, you do it exactly the same way you do it in the English language. You use the third, the third, yeah. par- third person plural. Exactly. Eid, she, Eidson. So I was just like, well, this seems like a ridiculously stodgy and archaic aspect of translation or whatever so I was kind of like um, I kind of was thinking about it for a while and then whenever I became a, or a, one of the team in the Union of Students in Ireland I kind of thought well now I have the resources to actually make this happen so that's exactly what I, I tried to make happen so what happened was I teamed up with the Transgender Equality Network of Ireland or TENI and belonged to Youth Services and I worked really closely with the teams there because obviously I'm not a member of the LGBT community, so I have quite a lot of privilege in that regard. But what I did was I literally found as many terms as I could online, translated them for better or worse, and then I presented them to the teams at Tenny and Belong To. And I was like, okay, so let's curate this kind of stuff because I don't really know, you know, well, I knew some things, but mm. obviously I didn't know the ins and outs of everything. And they curated it on my behalf. And then I would tweak the translations and things. And once we were kind of happy with the sum of the dictionary, or Anfuckleratchuk, we launched it in DCU March last year. It seems like it's ages ago now. Oh my God, was it that long ago? Yeah, it was March. I was at that launch. I can't believe you it was were that long at that ago. launch. Oh yeah, God. it was uh, like, oh, it feels so long ago. But I yeah. feel so old. <laughs> in the blink of an eye. <laughs> yeah. 
That's incredible. Yeah. So, so fr- from that, like we have on folkloretic, which is a groundbreaking thing. I, I've seen it described as a radical act of anti-imperialism. I've also seen that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, which is, is a, which is a bit of a weird article. Kind of, it was really, really great in how it described on folkloretic, but then went a bit off the rails in saying how it was actually the English that brought Christianity to Ireland and uh, in the yeah. 1100s. It was a bit odd, but still, it gave two props to the folkloretic, which mm-hmm. was actually, let's face it, groundbreaking because um, with the kind of ecclesiarchal history that we've had of the, mm. you know, the short the short lifespan our nation state has had, there hasn't really been a great opportunity. Let's put it this way. Dev wasn't putting in gender non-binary into the 1937 no. constitution. No, Dev wasn't even putting woman who <laughs> identified as woman who were, you know, they didn't even identify them in the constitution. It was very much like, well, if you're a woman, stay in the home. Men, you do everything. Everyone it else was, doesn't exist. It was, but it wasn't even um, woman. Was it the mother? Is it the the, the mother the in the mother home? In I was the like, home. oh yeah. god. <gasps> but yeah, so Dev wasn't exactly putting in any um, LGBT or any other friendly material in there. But I mean, I think that was something that really kind of bothered me. Was people thought that the Irish language was this like Catholic, you know, almost ninety. Well, it was associated with nineteen sixteen, obviously, but like kind of like revolutionary era language that was stuck in Catholicism and literally was the bedmate of the 19, 1937 Bunrock and Heron, which yeah. I don't I don't feel to be true in any way. The only reason maybe that Irish hasn't updated the terminology itself is that maybe people think, well, it can't handle these kind of things or people don't want to see that or people don't want to read that or, you know, there's a lot of discourse that's missing from the Irish language yeah. and it's not just LGBT or anything like that. There's a lot of mental health discourse that maybe isn't there quite as strongly as it would be in English. So I think, you know, that was kind of step one of the... Yeah, and a good, yeah. Let, let's face it, a good a good first step. But mm. I mean, just to, just to parse one of the points that you're making there, because it's really interesting. I mean, first of all, we can pretty much categorically state that it's bullshit that the language can't handle oh God, X, yeah. Y, or yeah. Z. Yeah. Because it's, it's a communication tool and you just... Mm-hmm. You change the parts to fit. Like, you know, we have the words and where we don't have the words, we can go back to the Latin or Greek roots and invent the words. Just and make up some words. Yeah, that's, yeah. Why not? Like, we can all do it. It's no problem. Yeah. But the idea that certain people or some people didn't want to discuss that, I suppose that's really interesting. From a minority language point of view, the custodians of the flame of Irish, there've just been so few of them that really yeah. for a hundred and something years what they say goes. And now we're seeing a generational shift, I suppose. And it's it's people like you who are able to leverage, you know, and you're kind of, you're not that far behind the English language, really, in real terms, when you mm. turn around and you say, right, well, it's time for a queer dictionary. But I mean, are we seeing yeah. sort of a change in the guard? Are we seeing younger people? Uh, I suppose younger people have always taken a role in the Irish language, but the younger people who are doing it, are they a bit more socially radical now? I think that's definitely one aspect of it. I think another thing that's really helping is kind of seeing um, the Irish language in a more European context and kind of thinking, well, what's happened in these other languages that aren't English? Because I think a lot of time people view English as this all-encompassing force and it's it's inevitable to resist and all that there kind of stuff. But I think if you look at the European context and like the early founders of Conrad Gilliga, which was like the Gaelic League, um, we're very much pushing for multilingualism as opposed mm. to just bilingualism. So if they can entrench themselves so much in European culture at the same time as, you know, promoting Irish, which back then, of course, a lot of people thought of as archaic and 
old and weird, even at the turn of the 20th century. I think if we can kind of like root Irish as, you know, because I, I think the biggest problem that it has is that a lot of people don't really treat it as a language. Yeah. And it's imbued with this kind of value of it's either so much worse than every other language or it's so much better than every other language. <laughs> Neither of which are true. <laughs> Whatever we've I know, no. I mean, I'm going to say it's so much. <laughs> it's so much better. No, I'm only kidding. It is a language. It's a communications tool. That's that's it. But yeah. maybe one of the things that we do, and I, I don't know what your experience on this is, but like as a society, do we have a tendency to not see it as a language, but to see it as a school subject? So mm-hmm. to forget the idea that actually, no, we can put forward any concept you want in this language. It doesn't just have to be about Shrapicht or Agus, mm-hmm. you know, the dreaded peg. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that people almost view it as like a basket for your ideology and a basket for your nationality, which, you know, it can be a, an important part of it for certain people, but at the at the bones of it, it's a language which is a vessel for meaning or a vessel for communication. When we lose that and when we start attaching beliefs or baggage or whatever to a certain language, like... For example, Irish is difficult or German is difficult and sounds weird or French sounds nice in every other language. You know, whenever you start attaching those ideas to it, I think that really hampers the spread of kind of innovation and the spread of kind of people learning it because they're like, well, it's not just a language. It's got so much more to do with identity and so much more to do with like this brand of politics than English does. English is seen as neutral. Yeah. Well, it should be, but it's kind of not. So... Yeah, I get you. So, I mean, it's it's more so that English is seen as the default setting. Of course, yeah. Like, and it's one of the things that, like, Tenny would be quite strong on saying, like, you know, cis isn't the default. It's a way of being and so is trans. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So try and step outside of that mindset. And it's, you know, you come back to sort of checking your privilege and realising that, like, if you happen to have been raised through one of the most common languages in the world and certainly the most prevalent and the most predominant in our Anglo-centric culture, mm-hmm. you kind of have to just... Step outside that and see Ireland. Uh, Irish isn't some twee little museum piece to be put on a shelf. Like it is actually a language just like English, and it can deal with the same concepts mm-hmm. and the same thing. But I suppose one of the things you're mentioning, and it's really interesting, is how like you know politics is to use the Irish term fitifuita mm-hmm. into the Irish language. And certainly when you look at like the north, when you look at the six counties, there there is this. Um, this paradox that, you know, on the one hand, we're saying Irish belongs to everybody and isn't it great that there are people from the traditional unionist backgrounds learning Irish? Mm. But on the other hand, they're saying it's, you know, how Irish is treated as a mark of respect for the nationalist community. So it's very difficult to take the politics out of the language in many cases. It is. And you'll find that a lot with minority languages in general, that because they have been minoritized. You know, there's this whole thing of can the Irish yeah, language... They didn't oppress themselves. Yeah, like. they didn't just like reduce themselves <laughs> to nothing. It's kind of like, um, I guess what you would say is like they've clearly been politicised by an outside force, so how can they not be political? Which is an interesting line of questioning, I guess. But for me, the situation in the North is kind of a perfect microcosm of our own difficulties with the language and our own kind of baggage with it now like Irish is so difficult and all this well it's it's actually kind of not difficult compared to like something like German I do German so I can say that it's fine (laughs) Um, (laughs) but like you have this like real mismatch of identities and this real kind of I I think people are just now starting to come to come to terms with it which is why we're kind of getting these new um you know innovative things or like projects like this or 
you know, things like that. So I, I think that, you know, for myself, my own identity, um, just to talk about identity politics for a while, because everyone loves that, um, I was raised as a first language monoglot English speaker. And then Irish for me was kind of like, oh, God, I have to do it at school. <laughs> I remember from my junior shirt, because um, what Irish conversation is complete without a discussion about the education system. Yep. Um, it, it is, of course, the way it's taught. It is the way it's taught. I had a bad teacher once in senior infants. And that's um, ruined my life. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, for the junior shirt, yeah. I remember like we had to learn off these reams of text, and I remember like looking at it, and I was like, I actually do not know what any of these individual words mean. But for the junior shirt, or for whatever it was back in my day, um, you had to learn it off. You had to regurgitate an exam. So I remember I recorded myself saying the entire thing, and I listened to myself and. As anyone knows, the sound of your own voice is not a good sound a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I didn't do too well in that exam. <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm kind of going on a big tangent there. But the That's fine. Is, <laughs> the, the, have you listened to this podcast before? It's all about tangents. I it, love this tangents. Is what we do. It's basically, it's uh, seven or eight tangents tied together by a central idea that brought you into this room. Great, great. Okay. So, no, the education system, because I, I used to teach, right? I was a sub-teacher immediately mm-hmm. after college. I taught Irish for a couple of years in English language schools. I suppose part of the problem that I had, and exactly that, like, and I was part of, I was exacerbating that problem mm-hmm. because I was teaching kids these things to say and they didn't know what the individual words. Now, I was trying my best. I was trying to say that, like, Tom Green, Exculchin, a Gluck means the sun is split in the stones. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's got the genitive case in it because it's using the nominal form of the verb. And it's like, I can't teach a 14 year old this yeah. concept because he or she has to have this essay done by the end of the week and they need to know how to write an essay in the exam which is coming up in four months time and you know so if they don't know this by the mocks they're in trouble so at the end of the day the path of yeah. least resistance is learn the f***ing sentence like yeah. it means the sun is splitting the stones that's it put that in your postcard we're done let's move on now let's talk about poetry yeah so exactly I think by the time the time you're doing the junior series it's way too late to be looking at you're uh, just like what <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'll move on from my junior shirt experience to my leaving shirt one. So just like you said there, you kind of like learn off these reams of text and you're like, I actually have no concept of what this grammatical thing is. You know, I don't think anyone actually mentioned the word grammar in the six years. And so I, did, I went off and did the grammar myself. But I have to say, honestly, I think that this is maybe a controversial opinion and I may get thrown out of the studio for saying this. But I think a lot of the time the teaching of Irish is very hampered by this let's make Irish cool factor. Where, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let me explain that, right? So if you do a diploma in German, say like, you know, if you're like an adult learner and you go into college and you do a diploma in German, you'll start off with like, you know, here's the ABCs, here's what a case is, here's how to make a sentence, this is the word structure. That is never done in any Irish classroom that I've ever no, been in. No, and, and And I suppose one of the regular criticisms if you tune into any of the national radio stations, and all the experts are ringing in saying, this is how you make Irish better and this is how you do it. I, there's too much focus on the grammar. It's like, I'm sorry, first of all, it's a language. So if you don't learn the grammar, you can't, you just, you can't do yeah. that. You can't, these are the building blocks on which, and second of all, no, there isn't. There isn't anyway. Like, there just isn't. There isn't. There's too much focus on, like, the shrapnel door. There's too much focus on learning stuff off by heart, maybe yeah. for the oral exam. But too much focus on the grammar. Oh, no, no, sorry, I'm going to have to take a hard pass on that opinion. Yeah, I think you're dead right. And I think I notice, I notice it the most now because I recently took on a third language, which is German, which I may have mentioned. But um, 
Did you did you did you mention that? Are you I think German? I mentioned it about twice already. <laughs> um, there's a reason for that. So, um, in G- German, would have a very similar case structure to Irish. Kind of, there's the same cases. Yeah, the accusative, dative, genitive, exactly. nominative. Yeah, yeah, pretty much the same. I also did German. So. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Brilliant, wunderbar. Um, so, whenever I went into German, I was like, "Oh, great! I've seen these guys before. I know exactly what's happening. How are you get non-dative? How are you get non-accusative?" But people in the class who were monoglots yeah. were like, I actually have no idea what this is. And it's because between learning English and learning Irish in school, we lose out on that meta language of grammar. Yeah. Like, what is a case? What is a well, subjunctive? Especially if you're a monoglot English speaker, because, um, or look, let's face it, even if you're bilingual in Ireland, the fact of the matter is if you pick up a language as your mother tongue. Mm. You lick it off the stones, you hear it on the streets. Exactly. You don't do a grammar class. There's a dative case in English. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what it is, but you've probably heard, hello, Headstuff Studios, to whom am I speaking? That's yeah. the dative case in English. Exactly. Nobody knows Nobody knows what a dative case is until you sit down and you have your, you know, Lehrenübung der Deutsche Grammatik or your whatever your, your, your big yellow uh, German grammar book is. That's going to tell you, this is the genitive and this is the dative and this is the mm. accusative. But yeah, I suppose like, Again, we don't acknowledge what a grammar is, what a natural grammar is, because, um, you know, we just kind of learn it off our mams and dads, you know, we just mm-hmm. sort of, we pick it up and, and if your mams and dads speak a certain vernacular, like, you know, exactly. if, if your mom and dad are more likely to say, I seen it and I done it, then you're more likely to say, I seen it and I done it and the, the actual mm-hmm. cr- so-called correct grammar isn't going to, isn't going to reflect itself in your vernacular. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people find themselves like really, really disempowered by that when they go in and they're like, well, I've learned Irish, so obviously I can, or I've learned English and I can take on another language. But I think a lot of people are quite disempowered by that and they feel that they can't quite grasp the language. And especially now with like, you know, the junior cert curriculum is changing, the leaving cert curriculum is changing, air quotes, I don't really know what's happening. But, you know, I'm hoping that people will acknowledge that Grammar is extremely important because I was the first year of the new Irish language leave insert, which is all the way back in 2012. That's when I did my leave insert. Like that's all the way back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you what year I did my, my, no. my leave insert. At least it was this century though, you know. It our, was this century. Our podcast's usual host, Eric O'Shea, did his leave insert last century. Oh my God, he's like Happy so Happy to report. He's, he's yeah. the podcast dad. Yeah, you're doing for better a than him. <laughs> um, what was we it? can scandal him because he's not here. <laughs> We love you, Derek. We're sorry. <laughs> hey, I'm Alan McGuire. I'm Sarah Griffin. And I'm Alan Ton. And we are the tree hosts of Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to interesting people about bits of pop culture that were important to them when they were young. We've talked to Sarah Quinn about Madonna. We've talked to Auntie Donahue about Star Wars. And we've talked to Sinead Burke about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And that's just three of the 60 plus episodes we have on the Heads Up Podcast Network. So if you remember things from your childhood and want to talk about them, we're here. Deep chats with sound people about wonderful things from their childhood. That's what we do here. So give us a listen. Bye, everybody. See you now. Bye. I think about the old Leaving Search for Irish, which was probably a little bit too hard for second language learners, but it had like the history of Irish. Yeah. They had loads of poems, loads of stories. There was a lot of flipping grammar and that stuff. Probably it was a bit too hard now for someone who was a second language learner, but. I think by impoverishing things to the point where let's have 40% of the exam or what is it like 40% of the exam is for the oral and you yeah. get 10 marks or 20 marks for reading a poem off a page yeah. that you have seen for the last 
two years. Yeah, that is that's an impoverishment in my opinion. You know, it's not challenging. It's definitely not challenging to people out in the Gale Tucked who are like sitting there being like. Yeah, I went to a, I went to a grad school, and like to be honest with you, even under the old mm. system where the oral exam was not worth forty percent, it was worth a lot less. It was still worth a significant chunk. Mm. It was a joke. It was a laugh. Like you're you're, you're sitting in there going, "I guess Kertai Tarlint on show." It's like, well, wow, like you've chosen two of the six Shrapnikdor that I have, you know, studied mm-hmm. for two, three years. Like it's just, it, it, it's laughable. You know what I mean? And yeah, but I mean. Look, you've been involved in the Union of Students in Ireland. Mm-hmm. You've seen academic curricula of all different sorts. You've spoken to students of all sorts. Like, is there is there an epidemic of dumbing down right the way through the system? I, I know if you speak to certain university lecturers, they'll certainly say that that like the focus has gone on to postgraduates now. So like it's kind of like get the undergraduates through, and then is the knock on effect like just get them through the leaving cert, just get them through the junior cert, just get them through primary school, and nobody's really sitting down and going like. Can these kids fucking speak the language or not? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that I'm, uh, I'm re- I'm doing research now in the um in NUI Galway, and I'm obviously kind of on campus a bit. I work with my old lecturers, and I'm kind of around the place, you know, hanging around like a bad smell. But I know that in 2013, and now this is not a thing of NUIG is terrible and no one else does this. <laughs> but NUIG, I hope I don't get fired for saying this, but NUIG <laughs> actually removed the requirement. Um, I think that it was it was a departmental decision, removed the requirement to write a mini thesis at the end of your undergrad in Irish. So for history, I wrote 7,000 words about death rituals in post-famine Ireland. And then for Irish, I did nothing because they had simply removed it from the course. Of course, it was replaced by exams and orals and all that there stuff. Yeah. But they actually removed... Probably, I would say quite a substantial stepping stone because I went on to do a master's in Irish then and I was like, oh, okay, that's 25,000 words, please and thank you. But I didn't have that stepping stone because so many people had failed it okay. in previous years that because universities, regardless of the subject and regardless of where they are, cannot be seen to have too many students fail. Yeah. that was So they removed kind of, it. That's terrible. When, yeah. I was in, when I was in college, I went to college in Maynooth and uh, you did have to do a major thesis at the end of your, um, or a minor thesis, or a mini thesis at the end of your undergraduate, mm. unless you went to the Gweltuk for two and a half weeks. Wow. I know. If you went to the Gweltuk for two and a half weeks, all of a sudden, instead of writing a 5,000 word mini thesis, you just have to write a two and a half thousand word essay about, you know, something that inspired you in the Gweltuk. That so sounds I, amazing. I mean, it was brilliant. I went down to Dune Queen, had the time of my life for two and a half weeks, wrote a bunch of poetry, mm. and uh, got a first. <laughs> so... Like, I mean, is, who would have done the thesis? Like, no, exactly. It was yeah. like basically we had a uh, 114 people in the in the class that graduated that year or that were to graduate that year, and maybe five of them did the mini thesis simply because they just they they were on holiday when the Gweltuk time was was on, so mm. they had no other option. But like, yeah, who the hell would have chosen to do a thesis? Like, yeah, it's a paid holiday. Like. A paid holiday in the Gaeltacht. Sounds way preferential to a 7,000 word thesis or whatever. <laughs> but like, I mean, I think there's like, there's so much stuff that kind of gets lost through all levels of teaching. And it's not for the teachers. It's not by dint of them trying. It's no. kind of like, I had an amazing teacher. Hello, Miss McCaffrey, if you're listening. Um, for my leaving cert. And we did everything. We kind of went through things. She kind of like tried to explain as best she could. But there was literally no time to do grammar in the class. It was like exam preparation. 
That's yeah. all you had. And if you didn't do that and someone failed or whatever, then it was going to be your head in the block. Yeah. I you know, I had a great teacher. Um, she was really, really strict. We got her in sixth year. Mm. We had a bunch of Irish teachers leave on either sick leave or maternity leave, whatever, over the years. So like we had a different Irish teacher in second year, third year, transition mm-hmm. year, fifth year. And in sixth year, we got our own year head. Uh, she was a brilliant teacher. Hello, Anya Nigohin, if you're listening. Uh, and uh, Anya got into the class and she was like, all right, um, Tisha Ginnaduk, the genitive case. And we were like, yeah, and no, I don't think we've done that. Have we done it? Yeah, have we done yeah. that? And she was like, what? So like, we basically did nothing but grammar. Now, we had the privilege of being in the Guile School, so conversational mm. Irish is no problem. Uh, we could learn to bullshit about poems and stuff like that, but she was determined there wasn't one of us leaving that class uh, at the end of the year without being able to correctly write and speak in Irish. So Tishel Towerhook, Tishel Ginnaduk, Tishel Annamduk, mm. the whole lot. She hammered into us, and I swear to God, it stood to me because like, it was the reason I was able to get a good mark in German because all of a sudden yeah. it was like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Languages have building blocks. I've seen and this you makes before. Sense. Yeah. I've seen you before, old friend. Yeah. It's like you run towards him with arms outstretched. I'm <laughs> running towards the Tishel Ginnaduk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the Tishel Ginnaduk and I'm not just saying that because I'm a massive nerd or anything. It's because if you can do the Tishel Ginnaduk, you know the gender of the noun and you know the declension of the noun or vice versa. It's a little triangle of doom. You know? Yeah, but I mean, you can always bullshit your way through it. Like, just do the Ginnaduk that sounds right. And if somebody says you're wrong, you just go, oh, yeah, but like... Sugaldic. Dialectal. Yeah, yes. Yeah, Dialectal. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, feminine in, in this speech. It's a Connemara thing. Which is... <laughs> I actually can say it because my partner's from Connemara and they have this real interesting thing where they would, like, say, like, Irma Weissigl. Yeah. But then I was like, why don't you use Rahar? Which is a perfectly functional word. Like oh no 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 that's not that's not that's not proper and I was like you're literally saying Irma Vicegal but they have like a totally different way of doing things I don't know I don't really understand well, I, when I was down in in Doon Queen talking to some of the people down there one woman said um, you know of the bicycle in Doon Queen of Vad Rivner Rohar like they were they were bicycle down in Doon Queen before a Rohar ever turned which is up. fair enough actually so you just kind of go with what's in the folk memory what's there like and it, it's actually quite interesting to see the contrast between the kind of Gaelicized words like you know Erma bicycle or na bicycle versus the words that. Came from Dublin. I'm inserting air quotes around that. <laughs> You're doing a lot of air quotes for a. I'm for doing a, a lot of air medium. quotes. <laughs> uh, just to have a good imagination, guys. But like the word for chess, like fecal, which is a great word. It means like fee is an old word for like wood or a forest, kind of more wood. And then uh, what was the second word? Kale. Yeah. Kale or cal would be sense. So it means like wood sense. Because, you know, chess is made of wood or whatever. It is. And, or at uh, least it would have been. Yeah, it we would didn't have, have been. A, oh. uh, <laughs> uh, we didn't have a lot of ivory knocking around. No, there wasn't really <laughs> any elephants around for us to kill. But uh, while, you know, all the Gaelic people or Gaelic League people were um, inventing new words or like kind of reviving old words in, at the turn of the 20th century, they were like, well, we don't have a word for chess, so we're just going to use this word for a game that was kind of like chess, but it wasn't really like chess. Yeah, so and it works. Fihil is something that would have been played. It's It features prominently in um, the story of Deirdre and the Sorrows, mm. that Fihil is a game that's being mm. played by Croha McNassa and Nisha and other characters of the story. Um, and basically they sort of just retrofitted it. Uh, exactly. Backhanded into the uh, <laughs> into the into the oeuvre that that like yeah well I mean we have this game that nobody plays anymore that was played with wooden playing pieces on a wooden board and we need a name for this game that people play right mm. now with wooden pieces on a wooden board so yeah it makes perfect sense 
But I think a lot of the time, like, people are resistant to change. It doesn't matter if whether from the Gaeltacht or the Gaeltacht. I think they're like, well, that's not proper Irish. That's that's not what, you know, that's not proper. And it doesn't matter, like, a lot of people from the Gaeltacht would have people like me giving out about Irma Weissigl or Chuygen Cinema. Chuygen Cinema. But, you know, what's, what, what can... Calderousers. Yeah. What does she think in Mac? Yeah. <laughs> But like, what gives me the right to be like, well, that's not proper. Yeah. But equally, what gives anyone else the right? Well, maybe they do have more of a right because if the Miguel took, they preserved the language for the last 600 years. I don't know. But um, people saying like, well, that's not proper. That's not proper Irish. But again, that kind of leads me on to something else, which is pronunciation, which is, I mean, honestly, I didn't see an Irish alphabet until I was like 21. And I was like, wow, this is Different. different. I mean, I knew there was no K or there was no J except for like judo or something. Yeah, or jival. A jival, a, a very jival. important verb. <laughs> but um, I actually opened. It's the newest version of uh the Christian Brothers Grammar. It's like a nice new snazzy book. I think it's by Paul Murphy. And I opened up like the first section, which was all about like phonetics, and I was like, oh my god, what is a glottal stop? I was like, and it went through every single letter in the Irish language and how it was pronounced, and I was like, I literally. Oh wow! What have I been doing with my life? You know, yeah, when you think you know it, you don't know it. I went to I went to the, I went to a grade school and we learned one alphabet, mm. and we learned A B C D E F G H I J K L M P Q R S T U V W X Y Z. Perfect. And then it was just a case of Australia, you just don't use these eight letters, mm. except sometimes you do, and like yeah. So I never learned a specific Irish A B K. You know, yeah. It was, I was just, like. Whatever they were like, TG Cahar is actually Tege Cahar. I was like, what? Yeah. So up in oh Ola, in, in Ulster, um, in the six counties, they're, they're huge on that. Like all my friends were up there called the BBC on Bay Bay K. Wow. And like for the first couple of years I was hearing this, I was like, what the fuck are you on? Are you what having a stroke? Like, Jeez. are you all right? Like, what's wrong? Yeah. It's like, what? What is that? Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Look, it's kind of. We use the Roman alphabet, but like we are pronouncing it in exactly the same way. And funnily enough, my first day of German lessons. A B K D A F G H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V V X Y Z. Yeah. So like, it's a German alphabet, and you say it Germanly. Yeah. We don't say it Irishly. That's insane. Now that you mention it, isn't it bananas? bananas. And then I was like, okay. So like, here's an example. Like my name, which is L A O. I-G-H-S-E-A-C-H. The actual first syllable of that is really hard to get. So it's like a deeper kind of E sound, like Leisha. So it comes from like, it comes Ooh. from really deep in the throat. Yeah. That sounds like horrible. But um, it's kind of like <laughs> my first Freudian slip of the day. But, um, you know, it's actually not a, a Freudian sound. slip is when you say one thing, but you're thinking your mother, uh, another. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's actually a really hard sound to capture. And then... So this is this Lee. Lee shock. Let's get the, 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 yeah. the depth to it. It's kind of like a glug or something. Yeah. And then like the shock at the end. So people end up calling me Lee shock, as in Lee the, shock? River, the river Lee, Lee and an electric shock. And I'm just like, But I mean, your, name, your, name, your name rhymes with Taoiseach. I know. That's what I come out with. I'm like, guys, it's like Taoiseach with an L. And they're like, oh. T-shockle? Oh, I actually need to rant about something. <laughs> okay. So I read this book called, um, I actually have it in my bag here beside me. It's like the mother tongue, how English became the way it was. Because I love, I find old English and English fascinating. Um, and <laughs> there was a thing in it about how Irish 
orthography and pronunciation was so much harder than English. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I know this book was written in 1990, but this is wrong. Yeah. And then there was a section that I literally, I thought it was going to give me, I don't even know, I thought it was going to give me like an internal hemorrhage, but it said <laughs> Taoiseach is pronounced like T-Sack. I was like, it's not, it's, this it's is a book. T-Shock, the shock you get yeah. from a good cup of tea. Shock. I was like, T-Shock? Are you serious? I was like, can you ask any person who's ever lived in Ireland? I actually was like, oh my God. Like there was like all these like, things. Can like, we just take it back for a second though? This Did this like book try to say that English was easier to yes. pronounce? So like I said, I used to teach and every time a student complained about how difficult it was to pronounce stuff in Irish, I would write four letters up on the blackboard, right? I would write up O-U-G-H. O-U-G-H, oh, God, right? yes. And then when you put a T in front of it, it's tough. When you put a C in front of it, it's cough. When you put a TH in front of it, it's though. Same four letters with four, five, six, seven different... Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, but English makes no sense, none whatsoever, and it's just because we all licked it off a stone because it's the exactly. predominant language in the country that we think, oh, yeah, no, that, makes, that, makes, that makes perfectly sense. Yeah. 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 It's just like... I, personally, I find Irish like way more systematic in the sense of like you have your Tishik and a Juk, you have your five declensions. You know the nouns are kind of obvious which ones they are most of the time. You have eleven regular vowel or verbs. Whoa, that's terrible! You're scaring off all the listeners now. This Sorry, is- guys. I'm going to talk about English now. So it's going to be many times worse. And then English is like okay, cases aren't really a thing anymore except for like who and whom and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know what it is, but he and him, she and her. Yeah, that's all case related. That's yeah, that's it. But like the actual nouns don't change no, massively. True. Articles, uh, you know, it's like verbs are kind of like two hundred and fifty irregular verbs or something like that. Strong verbs, weak verbs, all this here kind of stuff. And pronunciation, the actual orthography of the language is the hardest bit because like you have wind and then you have wind. How is someone supposed to know what that is? <laughs> that would never happen in Irish because Irish actually has. And they're like, it, yeah, but it's like they're both nouns, they're both verbs. Like, you know, you can give a clock a wind or you can wind a clock, but you can listen to the wind and you can wind a baby. It's yeah. like it makes no sense. It's not in Irish, if you learn how to pronounce something once, and so long as you stay, you know, orthographically consistent within yeah. your dialect, then you know how to pronounce everything. Yeah. That's it. Like, you know, it's it's kind of there are so few exceptions to the basic rules of pronunciation of letters in Irish. I actually, the only exception I could think of off the top of my head is Kion. Kion. Like head. Yeah. It looks like can. It looks like can. But that's like the only exception I could think of. But I mean, I suppose if you're speaking Munster Irish and you see A-N-N, you see that morphine A-N-N, there's a big, big part of you that wants to pronounce it own anyway. Yeah, exactly. So Kion is Kion. fairly natural to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one, actually, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it's, it's a, uh, I suppose, I remember when you were the motherfucker curator, you started talking about how orthographically shallow yeah. um, uh, Irish is, and that's, that's what it is, that basically, if you learn the pronunciations, you're kind of on the right track, like, unlike English, where, oh my God, like, you could just keep getting things wrong, like, you know, it's just... Yeah. And, like, I, you know, I think, like, Irish is like, oh, everyone's like, it's so hard to pronounce, and there's so many letters, and well, it's actually perfectly logical and sane, and... You know, English, English, of course, makes sense by its own rules, but the rules are so historical. Like, the the language has, like, rummaged through the pockets of every language in the world. Mm. So, like, <laughs> a lot of the rules are just kind of like, um, I guess we'll just do this now. Um, but, like, I before E except after C. 
or when pronounced a is in neighbor and wait and you know it's just like there's so many exceptions arbitrary rules for yeah. like literally everything you, you can't uh, end a sentence on a preposition apparently well that is something up with which i will not put exactly yeah. there's another one too in english like there like the great thing about irish is there's rules and the rules are generally accepted by everyone. But with English, you'll have things like you can't end a sentence with a preposition. You can't start a sentence with a conjunction or an interjection. And another one is you can't split an infinitive, which means that I... So, what, yeah, I know, I know the best, the most famous example yes, you is have Star Trek. Uh, they, they, they said, to boldly go where no man has gone before. That's People are saying that's grammatically incorrect. It should have been to go boldly where no man has gone before. That is interesting because you would never say like the nice man was a split nominative you know but like we have yeah. all these like arbitrary rules flying around saying like well this is wrong and this is wrong and like American Eng- American English is this is the way that is and English English is the way that I, is I think it's crazy that somebody says American English is wrong or yeah. isn't proper they've been speaking it for 200 years you know what I mean it's they like probably it's been know codified for 150 years Noah Webster wrote his dictionary in the 1800s like it's like it's a long time like there have been there have been modern American English dictionaries for longer than there have been modern Irish dictionaries for mm-hmm. longer than there have been dictionaries of many languages. So mm-hmm. it's kind of to say, oh, that's incorrect, that's improper. But it brings us back to what you're saying earlier. Like if people have these opinions, they start talking about this is proper, this isn't proper, that's not proper yeah. use of language, that's improper use of language. To bring us right back to the folklore attitude, mm-hmm. to the queer dictionary. Mm-hmm. Did you get any pushback on that? Did people start to say that, you know, these neologisms, these things that you're saying, it's it's not proper use of the language? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I mean, just what we were saying there, but like proper language and being comfortable with the language and like things are right and things are wrong and that's the way it is. Nothing's ever going to change. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I, I think like people, I got a lot of pushback on the word achach because I was like, okay, I've got to get a word for to transit for queer. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, and I actually did queer theory in my Irish language masters, which was really interesting, but it was called Chorik na Hachachta, which is, you know, It's the queer theory, theory of queerness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Achacht is queerness, so Achacht must be the right word. So I said, and fuck Lord Achacht. But I got someone actually, it was a native speaker from, I don't know where they were from, and they were like, well, I actually find that really offensive. Because the connotations of the Irish word mean strange. And I was like, yeah, but that's what the English that's, word that's means the as English well. Word means, yeah. But like, but I suppose yeah. just societally, have we moved past the point? Like, you, with very, very few exceptions, nobody says, oh, that's a bit queer when they're talking about something innocently that's a bit strange. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? There's no tea left in my cup. How queer? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's, it's whereas in Irish, we certainly do say that Nachutshishinat. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. isn't that strange? But because it's the same root, I would struggle to think of, like, what could you use in, in place of it? That's the challenge because, like, English, we could say, has moved on. There's another set of air quotes going up there. <laughs> um, English has moved on in a certain sense and, like, words change so fast in English because they're in constant usage, like, on social media and news, on everything. I know. Bad means good. Yeah. And good means bad. And Fortnite is a thing or something. I'm not Fortnite sure. Fortnite is a, some kind of a it's thing. Something. And sick is suddenly good. I was like, mm, sick has been good sick. since. That's as, legit. That is sick. It is legit. Oh my God, we sound like 17 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like maybe Irish. Irish hasn't been. The line that I would use, like Irish hasn't been challenged to do the things that people needed to do because people are kind of like. Now that's interesting. 
people are like, oh, I don't want to like, I don't want to ask too much of it, or I don't want to ask too much of the people who speak it. Or are we pedestalizing it then? Are we just saying like that it's it's up there? Are we doing centrism one on one? That's Irish now. It'll never be changed. I, I hope think for so. any better. I think so because like if you look at the rapidity is that a word of like how the rapidity of English change and how people aren't afraid to mess with it and like do different poetic forms with it and like you know even though we're like there's a lot of people who are like who live on the conventions of like English from 1601 or whatever but I think with Irish we're maybe a wee bit scared to challenge it because for the simple reason that we don't believe we have the legit authority to do so because we're not from the Gaeltacht or we didn't do a degree in Irish or we aren't translators or we aren't X, Y, Z. But there are people pushing that. Like they're, they're, they're going against oh, yeah. that, breaking the moulds. Like there are Irish language rappers trying yes, new forms. There's, exactly. there's code mixing. There are people like you with on Fuklar Atuk. That is in itself as like it was called a revolutionary anti-imperialist act. But it is. It's a revolutionary act linguistically to codify this and you, what you're doing is you're just reflecting what people are already mm. saying and speaking. And those that are non-binary have had to find an Irish way of identifying themselves if they speak Irish. Those that are trans people, trans men, trans women, they've had to find a way of expressing their own gender identity. Exactly. People have had to find ways of expressing their sexuality, expressing their, you know, uh, what's their romantic bias? You know, are they are they mm-hmm. asexual, aromantic? All of these terms people have been out there finding ways to describe who they are because intrinsically you have to find a way mm-hmm. to express who you are in your language. Yeah. And all you've done is taken them and put them onto paper. So, yeah. I mean, you're kind of, ref- you're reflecting something that's already out there, this revolutionary act that's already happening. But I suppose if there's pushback, is it coming from those that see themselves as the keepers of the flame or is it coming from those that see themselves as like oh no oh no no nobody can touch it it's 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 you know it's it's a it's a it's a special thing up there that nobody's allowed to around with yeah i mean it's kind of an interesting distinction and it's a lot i think a lot of the time it can kind of cross over like you know like people who are the keepers of the flame and then people who are kind of like well we it's precious and we shouldn't touch it or we shouldn't i'm just like well we should like break it and throw it around and like mess around with it because if you're not doing with if you're not doing that with the language then it might as well be dead because Mm. if you're not experimenting and like always creating new forms creating new words like allowing people to find their identifies and find their identities and identify within a language if they want if that's not happening well you can just consign that language to the rubbish bin because it's not evolving and Mm. i think anyone who says like that's not proper or you know, that isn't... No, there's always, like, a room for, like, honest critiques and stuff because, like, with the Enfuckleratchik, there were a lot of errors in it. Mm. Um, even in my own little piece about who I am and stuff, there was a lot. There were a lot of grammatical errors in that. There were a lot of grammatical errors in the actual text. But the keepers of the keys, and I'm not going to mention who they are, sent me a very insulting email about it and said, like, this is so grammatically poor that I don't think this person has ever wrote anything in has ever written let me just check my English grammar there has ever <laughs> English written English grammar it's, uh, it's a social construct we can ignore it if we can ignore to. it we're experimenting uh, said, said, said to me writ. That in Dublin it's writ I don't think that person has writ. ever written anything oh yeah well I don't think they said <laughs> that I don't think this person has ever written anything in Irish and I was like this is a terrible email and yeah. I like I just it broke my heart because I was just like oh god sometimes people don't realise there's a human being on the other end of this email I like, was like, you know oh. I mean? like 
But like, it's not. It wasn't about me. I was just kind of like, oh my god, have I like misrepresented people? Have I X Y Z? And then I was like, you know what? They weren't going to do anything about it. So if I put out a completely erroneous, erroneous text that's full of mistakes, at least people can work with it. Yeah, you've given you know you've I mean? given a skeleton to the Kratlock account. You know what yeah. I mean? You've given a a framework for people to build on, and like no dictionary should be the final version like at absolutely no stage we say no that's it there's enough words now stop we don't need it anymore yeah yeah like there's no that, that's so even folklore.ie is constantly adding and it's a new story in Turish can know Simeonella every year here are the the words that were added to the folklore this year and isn't that great it's brilliant we're mm-hmm. constantly evolving and it's not just Irish it's not just Irish you know what I mean like nobody said we have enough English words Mm. Let's just stop now. Yeah. You know, even the very conservative Academy Francaise who regulate the spelling and grammar and the, the, the vocabulary of French are adding new words all the time. Yeah. Sometimes as a pushback to the encroach of English, but uh, sometimes it's just, oh yeah, you're right, yeah, we need that word. We need that in there. Mm. So look, we're getting new words. It's brilliant. You've started something amazing with on Folklore Atuk. Were there any terms that stuck out as something like that you didn't expect or that sort of surprised you a little bit or that really, really made you smile? I I found so many terms that I wasn't aware of. And it was like, for me, it was a massive, massive learning experience purely from the fact of how can I be a better ally? How can I help, you know, the community to represent themselves? I saw a lot of the differences between Irish and English in the sense of in English, you'll have a lot of things like genderqueer, mm. which kind of combines a noun and an adjective and then mm. you're kind of thinking how do I make this into an adjective in Irish because like you can't really combine noun and ad- nouns and adjectives in quite the same way yeah we've got our own little sort of structural nuances that if you want to do a portmanteau or a co-local yeah. that it's a little bit it's not like German where you just stick it on to the just end of the word stick just it keep on going the tip. Yeah. just keep going just forever you can't stop can't believe you just said just stick it on the tip That's. <laughs> I said stick it on with tape oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> that was your Freudian slip of the day that was my Freudian slip of the day um, there <laughs> Uh yeah no German's fun but um no it was a great a great learning experience and just like even like coming across words like two spirit how to like which is like kind of an American term how how to express that mm. like should I say ga spirage or ga spirajach or you know it was kind of just a a crat look like a skeleton as you say because. You know, people might have a certain way of using it that I haven't mm. come across yet, yeah. or and their life experiences are their life experiences. You're not, you're not preaching, you're not prescribing. Oh God, no. Yeah, you're not saying this is the way. It's like, hey guys, here's a way. Were yeah. you looking for a way to identify yourself, a way to be, a way to say who you are? Well, you know, here's some suggestions. Here's Here some is hints. Well, an like, option. Yeah, yeah. But like, the world's your oyster. The language is exactly. yours. Like, yeah, usoidi. Well, we got to leave it there. Uh, it's been absolutely amazing. I can't believe you wrote a thesis on like post-famine Ireland um, like rituals of the dead. So yeah, that is something we're going to have to delve into at some stage in of the future. Course. But for now, I'm afraid we have to say Slán Lisha because Gormila Magat. Gormila Magat Hien. Mother Folklore is a weekly podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network and comes out every Friday. You can send your feedback to motherfolklore at headstuff.org. Thanks always to Brian for producing and to Kirsten for the amazing artwork. We'll be back on Chat the Jogan. Slán. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Dublin, welcome to Mother Folklore. Uh, the, 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 I'm Excellent. <laughs>